0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thanks for having me back. Today's topic, Masters of the Universe Revolution, the ultimate He-Man versus Skeletor showdown. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. We have the power. We do have the power. We already reviewed Revelations, and I was really looking forward to getting together and talk Revolution, which was a much shorter season than Mm. Revelations. That was 10 episodes broken up into two five-episode blocks. Mm. With this one, five episodes, and that's it. If I'm honest... I was holding out a little bit before we did this review just to check and see if there were any announcements coming of additional episodes. But this is, it's essentially 15 episodes broken up over two series, Revelations and now Revolution.
1: I was actually reading something the other day uh, where Kevin was saying that uh, the Netflix execs came to him and said, yeah, we can definitely do a season two. But uh, there's a caveat, and the caveat is we want you to shorten the the season length down, uh, drop it down to five episodes rather than than ten or whatever it was, because you can even though you're not telling as much story, it's forcing you to cut up all the lag and all the excess stuff that can drag a season out, and just get to the point and tell your story, you know, where it matters and where it, and and what the point of it is. And so I think Kevin was kind of on board with that.
0: And that's it is a weird way of doing it. Because you know I'm waiting to hear if there's more episodes. Mm. people are asking the question online, "Will we get a season two well this is this is season two of Revelations. It's just called Revolution. yeah, necessarily confusing, I think
1: it's confusing, isn't it? I mean, you you think that they would I don't know, like I, the way they structure it, you think that they would still title it what it was, but no, they've gone with a different title, and it's it's the same same thing. Continuation-wise, but they've just...
0: In that first season, which was a sequel to the original 80s cartoon, there were Revelations. It works as a title. And Mm. for this one, there is a revolution. So the titles do make sense. But ordinarily, you'd have Revelation Season 1 and Revelation Season 2. That's how they normally do things. But this, this is it. So it's three parts. Overall, so we can review it, works. it, review it as a whole. Like we've done revelations already, so we can obviously do a. I have to keep looking back and double checking. Revolution. This one's revolution. The last one was I revelations.
1: Just, I just call it the Kevin Smith. Hey man, that way I avoid confusion.
0: I know what it is. by you talking about the first episodes or the latest ones? Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a good way of doing it. All right, the plot, and do you know what it's a lot more straightforward than what we've got hmm. in Revelations. It's technology versus magic as He-Man and his friends fight back against the shadowy forces of Skeletor in an epic battle for the heart of Eternia. And for the most part, the actors are back. There's a couple of people who didn't come back and there's other people playing their parts but like the big one for me is we didn't get Sam Shell Geller back as Taylor. Now we eat oh, wow. Melissa Benoist, Supergirl herself. And wow. her husband, Chris Wood, is back as Prince Adam He-Man. So I think Kevin Smith um, didn't have to go too far for the casting when recasting Taylor.
1: Man, I would not have made that connection. I would not have picked that that role. Um, change because it's pretty, it's pretty fluid. Like it's you know, like it. You, you listen to Taylor talk, and you, you don't really get that it's a different actress in the role. And Melissa, Melissa Benoist of Superman was amazing. A uh,
0: Superwoman, sorry, was amazing. Supergirl, that's okay. You, yeah. you got there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you got there eventually. But it's just yeah. interesting that you know there is the the romance in the show between He Man and Taylor. And just knowing that they are played by husband and wife, Chris. That's Walker, pretty good, chemistry-wise. And Kevin Smith worked with the two of them on Supergirl when he directed a handful of episodes years ago. But for the That's most awesome. part, it is actors coming back, like Lena Headey is back as Evil Lynn. She's good. He's fantastic. Ends up being mm. good, Lynn. You did good. So that was a fun yeah. But do you know what I mean?
1: Like, she, she's, she's great in the role. Like, she owns the role with her voice.
0: Oh, mate, she's, for me, one of the best things about it. Like, she is so good as evil Lynn. And the fact that if you look back to that original cartoon, very one note, like most of the characters were, whereas she's got a lot to do. As Lynn in this show. So she's really getting yep. shot off her range. And yeah, it's interesting the arc that the character is on. And oh, actually, somebody else who was recast, uh, we've got yes. a new Queen Marlena, now played by Dr. Beverly Crusher herself from Star Trek, Gates McFarlane. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's pretty that's fun awesome and cool for Trekkies uh, that she's in here. And um, from the uh, live action 1987 Masters of the Universe film, Meg Foster, who was Eva Lynn in that film, he's back mm. as Motherboard. That's a fun, oh man, that's cool. A fun bit of casting there. That's and,
1: sick. That, that's a connection I wouldn't have made either. That's awesome.
0: That's a good one. Hordak, mm. great villain, yes. and Keith David. You know, I recently rewatched They Live. I bloody love that film, Obey, Consume. Mm. Rowdy Roddy Piper just put on the sunglasses such a good movie Keith David good in that and he's really good he's that voice is just incredible for Hordak Hordak kind of
1: steals he's Hordak steals the show doesn't he I mean like he's he's obviously the main villain we're dealing with here in 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 the second part of the season and um it seems it seems like Skeletor as cool as he is takes a backseat to Hordak
0: It does, it does, and you're kind of hoping and you're waiting and we can get into Skeletor because there's a lot going on with that character, but you're right, for the most part, like, this is, I mean, I said in the opening there, it is the ultimate showdown between He-Man and Skeletor. We don't get that out There's Motherboard, there's Hordak, there's everything else, and then there's the other He-Man villains that pop up. Some have... we haven't even... Some don't. We haven't even... You just see them, but that's cool.
1: That's it. We haven't even talked about the big epic smackdown between Hordak and Skeletor. They have a huge fight.
0: Yeah, we'll um we'll get into it. Um we will. returning characters or actors, should I say, Deatrix Bader is back as King Randor, Steve is nice. cringer, Basil Cat, Griffin Newman as Orko. But interestingly, a character we get in this, I never thought we'd see him in animation. Gwildor. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned yeah, so the 7 movie already. Of course, he was a character yeah. from that movie. And like, yeah, that's another connection. And likely created because Orko would have just been too expensive. So he was always like an Orko substitute to the fact yeah. that they are not only in the show together, have screen time together. And Man at Arms, he references that Orko and Gwildor are two very similar characters before they meet. So that's because essentially Gwildor was a cheaper version of Orko, Orko. for the movie. Yeah,
1: I always I always thought that. That always occurred to me as a kid watching the live-action film. And it's kind of cool that they riff on that too. And it's kind of cool that the, both of the both Orko and Gwildor don't get along. And Man of, the Arms, Man of the Arms kind of has to play the mediator between the two.
0: Yeah, and I've always liked Gwildor for what he was, but just the novelty mm. of having him appear in this animated series I thought was, oh, cool. was pretty cool. I think we need to go back to Chris Wood. I mean, he is He-Man, yep. master yep. of the universe, and yep. he he does such a good job of voicing both Prince Adam and He-Man because there is yeah. a difference in the voice. Can you remember um, was he? Oh, Clerks 3 and Chris Wood he's in that montage where all the actors are appearing and auditioning for a role in Randall's movie and the actually is nice. that I have the power and it was just That's so awesome, fun, it's all Kevin Smith and just having yeah, it's, it's, Wood
1: you get is, the senses, it's Kevin and his buddies just
0: powering around absolutely, so it was a lot of fun getting to see him in Clerks 3, delivering the mm-hmm. line. In live action, that and was. He,
1: you're right there. He he nails the duality. I mean, there is a duality between and a difference personality-wise between He-Man and Prince Adam, and so as a voice actor, you've got to be able to play that duality, and you've got to be able to sound like two
0: completely different people, like a split persona. You do, but saying that, I mean, as soon as this this series starts, really, everybody knows that Prince mm-hmm. Adam is He-Man, so he no longer yeah, well, He's no longer a secret. For the longest time, it was a secret, but it's it's yeah. gone now. So he's just addressing his people as he man. It's a
1: yeah,
0: it's a different different kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Mark Hamill as Skeletor slash Skeletech. <laughs> <Where do you laughs> yeah, the, the cyber Skeletor. This is incredible. I mean, does he? I think we said this when we reviewed Revelations. Does he sound like the Joker? Absolutely. Well, I yeah, I mean, you
1: can hear it. It's in there. It's in there. But you
0: hear it. I mean, yes, he's playing Skeletor, but I love everything about it. But I feel like it's hard for Hamill not to go full Joker. And he, okay, he's not going full Joker, but you hear it. Like it's it's yeah, in. But
1: I. I... I liked it. He's doing something slightly different with it. Like he's, you're right. There's the joke is definitely in the mix with, with, with the voice he's chosen or selected for Skeletor, but he's sort of dialing in a little bit of other influence too. Like I I can hear notes or elements of like Frank Langella or Langella, however you pronounce it, the live action Skeletor from the movie. I can hear a bit of that. And he does this thing with his voice sometimes where he gets very musical. There's a musicality to his voice. uh, The way some of Skeletor's taunts um, and his laugh and stuff. He gets very high pitched and maniacal, and so he does different things with, with skeletal that I like. It's, it's not so one dimensional.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah. That's that's more fair than, than what I said. Yeah, he is doing skeletal, but I mean, I guess maybe for me, I just love his Joker so much. We're just so just, used
1: to Hamill's Joker. That's what it is. I'm hearing
0: it. And um, they mm. didn't know I understand. They didn't have him in Revolution, but in, in Revelations, they did have original skeletal voice actor Alan Oppenheimer. Voicing, I think it was Mossman. They had him come back oh, wow. and voiced a different character. Uh, wow. he's in Revolution, I can't remember what happened to him in that series. If I'm, if I'm honest, but they did bring back the original Skeletor last time.
1: That's cool. Just speaking of Skeletor, something very interesting uh, I've been reading about online. Some of the chatter that's doing the rounds. There's people that are saying that over in the other He-Man cartoon, the one that's just come out recently, it's more aimed at today's kids. That Ben Diskin, the guy who voices Skeletor in that, um, they're saying that he does just as good of a job, if not better, than um, as Hamill over over in Smith's show. And it's wow. really interesting to see that debate raging.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I mean you, Dis- yeah. I've done a handful of episodes back when it first aired. There's three seasons mm-hmm. in total. I know you've just finished it, you've watched all of it. Yep. So yeah. I, I mean, now I've finished this one just to get my He Man fix and something I've not seen before. I will go back and watch the other Netflix show.
1: Yeah, and you'll be able to like kind of, I guess, make your own mind up about that when you watch that. But I think it's, it's a pretty valid argument. But look, both voice actors do a great job with Skeletor, not to take away from any of them.
0: Absolutely. But when, when watching this and mm. Uncle Keldor arrives, if you know anything about Masters of the Universe, you know Keldor is Skeletor. Like that's, the original. That, yeah. that's in the other Netflix show, the one you're talking about. That's what happens there yeah. as well. Yeah. So on one hand, I'm like, well, like, that's obviously Skeletor. But what was very apparent, he sounds like William Shatner. And he's like, what is going on? I loved everything about it. Like straight away, as soon as Keldor opened his mouth, I didn't know Shatner was going to be in this. But as you as soon- you were like, that's Shatner. Mate, there's only one Shatner. Only no, Shat-
1: Yeah, you're right, and his voice is so distinct because he speaks so fragmentedly.
0: You know, and he's got a line as well, I'm laughing at the superior intellect, and that's a line <laughs> from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Shatner, who voiced Keldor, also played Kirk in The Wrath of Khan, yep. and Kirk uttered the line at Khan sing in the movie. So that's a I little wonder... fun Star Trek trivia, but just another thing on him and Hamill... What's unique about this show is that Keldor's voiced by Shatner, Skeletor's voiced by Hamill, making mm. the main villain in the series voiced by the actors who played the main heroes from two of the most famous sci-fi series of all time. Of course, mm. I'm talking about Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, yeah. Kirk in Star Trek.
1: I wonder if that was deliberate by Smith. Knowing his penchant for pop culture, I wouldn't put it past him.
0: I mean, I'm saying that yeah, that would obviously be my guess, but but at the same time, like I can imagine Smith wanting to work with oh yeah, with yeah. Shatner. And he'd worked with I mean Hamill already. I mean, we know enough about Smith, like, not just through his work, but through his podcasts and interviews. Like he's very uh vocal about his fandom and all of that. So we know the things he likes and the fact that this is the show that he's making and this yep. is the cast that in the show like yeah it's got to be like a dream from true for him absolutely he he gets the law he gets the
1: canon he gets the mythology and there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek references and he just has a feel for the masters of the universe world
0: yeah yeah definitely and it's it's um i purposely didn't rush the episodes i think you did you do it in one night or two nights i know you, you watched them fairly I smashed
1: out all five in one sitting in one night.
0: Right. There you started
1: go. Started at about 10.30 about p.m. and wound up at about just after 1 a.m.
0: And to be fair, you could do it in under two hours. Yeah. So it's, oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. overly long, but I purposely, knowing or thinking it was going to be the end, I didn't want to rush it. So I purposely no, that's fair. just spaced them out. That's fair. When we talked about Revelations, I can't remember how much time we spent talking about the actual animation. So I've got some more information Mm. on it this time. So the style is different to the 80s cartoon. Like They weren't looking at that at all. They were very much doing their own thing. Uh, There was that cartoon, I think, 2003, early 2000s. That had its own style as well. Went for multiple seasons. But that was a reimagining, whereas, again, this is a sequel to the 80s cartoon yeah but it does look different and they went to powerhouse animation studios um to animate it and they took inspiration from japanese anime and i guess it's in Mm. i don't watch a lot of anime or any if i'm honest i've Mm. seen you know i know what pokemon looks like dragon ball z but i wouldn't say i'm over familiar Um, yeah and i was able to watch it as he man this is just what he man It works. I mean,
1: the animation style they went with just works for what, what they're trying to do with the show. And it's not taking away uh, from the original series and through the original TV show, the lore, the mythology, the the mythos or any of that. It's not taking away from any of that. It's, it's, I don't think it's, it's embellishing it. It's adding to it, but they're just to it. Doing, yeah. it, doing it with a different flavor in animation with this
0: animation. Modernizing it taking inspiration Mm. from Japanese anime and whether that's, you know, for action and, you know, sword play, things like that. But it it does work really well. But I didn't realize the connection between this uh, animation studio and Kevin Smith himself. Mm. In 2002, Powerhouse produced the short Heroes, which parodied the film Clerks as well as Marvel Comics characters. I'll send you the link if you're not seeing this, right? It is imagine clerks, but instead of Dante and Randall working at the quick stop, it's Captain America as the Dante role and as Randall Daredevil. Oh, wow! And then the J character is Silver Surfer. I'm blanking. Oh, Galactus is the Silent Bob. Anyway, it's worth checking out. It's generally funny. So they did that short. Kevin mm-hmm. contacted them after he saw it. He then hired them to work on an unfinished commercial for the movie Dogma. And then, after producing the short, Smith hired Powerhouse to create an arcade machine that featured a custom video game. The game was given as a rap party present to Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez for their work on Jersey Girl. In the game, nice. the character is Lopez trying to rescue Affleck from an unknown villain and a band of ninjas. So this is like <laughs> it's me really like just when I think I know everything about Kevin Smith and his movies, you find
1: yeah, out. Interesting, you get other,
0: other things like that. In 2003, the firm created a 35 millimeter test for a feature film based on Clerks, the animated series for Smith. They animated Clerks the Lost Scene, which was included on the Clerks X 10th Anniversary DVD. It had originally been written for Clerks, but it was not filmed due to budget restraints. So there you go. You're watching this He Man cartoon. and think, Oh, yeah. You know, the worker with Kevin Smith, you know, he's writing a lot of the episodes and he's very much like got his hands, you know, on this show. And then mm. you find out now they've actually got this like history that goes back to like a. An unofficial project which combined clerks and Marvel, and then they legitimately worked together all those years later. That's pretty... <laughs>
1: it's pretty cool that they had that relation, that working relationship. And he was like, and he reached out and said, Hey, you want to work on this, this IP with me? And
0: they're like, Hell yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely send you that link though. Heroes. He's yeah, it. got it. the clerk's music and everything. And That's sick. I'm looking forward to that. Just like revolutions no honestly, i keep struggling with the titles just like revelations that's right this there is You go. there
1: revelations.
0: it is Ben McCreary is back as composer you know he's really known for working on tv series like Battlestar Galactica in 2004 he did Anus of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Walking Dead man this guy has done so much uh, video games Call of Duty Uh what he's bringing like an this show has its own signature theme and it has callback mm. to the original cartoon and all works very yeah. well. And there's just five episodes. So we could probably like just go through the episodes and talk about the, you know, the, I know you mentioned the Hordak Skeletor fight and ultimately we're going to get to He Man as well. So, episode mm. one, even for Kings, a battle erupts between good and evil when a mysterious traveller embarks on a journey to to Subternia. Teela seeks guidance from a trusted source. So, yeah, we're looking at 20, 25 minutes per episode. So, like, every one of them just packs a punch. Like, there's no filler in, Absolutely. in this series.
1: I think that was the point of condensing it down to five. That's exactly what the Netflix execs said to Kevin. You know, just all killer, no filler.
0: It does work, but I'd have liked more selfishly
1: oh yeah yeah true
0: episode two ascension while a mysterious virus spreads in Eternos, a flashback reveals adam's ancestry as he ponders a tough choice meanwhile taylor embarks on a crucial mission and taylor wow she really goes through the ringer she has different um different powers from different sources so she Mm. Goes goes through quite a few makeovers in in just like like I say, you know, five, five episodes. Absolutely. Episode three, More Things in Heaven and Eternia. Skeletor uncovers his origins. Meanwhile, Duncan and Orko ask an old ally to strengthen He-Man's sword. And of course that's Gwildor. Orko, Gildor, yep. Yeah. With Skeletor un- uncovering his origins, he's like, I'll go along with this. I'll pretend to be Uncle Keldor. Oh, yeah. Wait, I am Keldor. So that, and then he finds out it's, he's been... He has this weird schizophrenic thing going on, doesn't he? It does, which is amazing, because it's Mark mm. Apple talking to William Shatner. I loved all yeah. that. It's so it's, so
1: it's almost like the, Sh- the Shatner personality is in his head. He's the only one who could see him, but he sees him in the reflection of things.
0: But that's it, he's seeing who he really is. And then he finds out that Hordak had manipulated him like this, this whole time. Yeah. Episode four, The Dogs of War. Adam struggles with regret. Man-at-arms, Taylor and allies defend Eternia. A violent confrontation erupts. So we get into the the big fight, and then you've got episode five, The Scepter and the Sword, a climatic battle pits magic against tech for control of Castle Grayskull. The heroes must act selflessly to triumph over chaos and renew hope. It's five episodes. So when the good guys win, all the bad things just get reversed, and that's okay because it's masters of the universe. I'm okay with that logic. You know, the bad guys are winning until they're not. Heroes prevail.
1: Do you have a favorite uh, out of all five of them? Do you is there a particular moment or scene or, or or retro throwback or callback that you that you really liked? Like what is there an episode that you really loved or that stood out for you?
0: It's gotta be the showdown. It has to be the showdown between it was good seeing Skeletor take down Hordak, but it's gotta be Skeletor, mm-hmm. He-Man. It's why we're all here. It's what we did with the toys back in the day. Hell it, yeah. We all we want to see, but I've got to be honest. When the new power is unlocked, mm-hmm. and we get He Man, how Zero. he's not looking with his new costume? Not a fan at all.
1: Really, I I thought that was shades of the at uh, the eighty seven movie right there. He looked like Dolph Lundgren He Man. Oh, I kind guess of I can...
0: Yes and no. I I could. ask the could interpretation. Say. I got. It. Yeah, like, it's but, almost like no, I don't know. I I don't th- yeah, okay. Yeah, cuz
1: it almost felt like it transformed him and and Tila into like a, like a god and a goddess almost like they were just so they were just so like deity like
0: and they were both I mean, of them I, were just absolutely jacked. I get it. I I get what they're doing and mm, essentially it's the last story or it's at least it's the end. Like they don't normally end these shows. Like I mean hundreds of episodes of the eighties cartoon, one Mm. after the other. It just it's not nothing changing. Whereas across Revelations and Revolution, it it was evolving. It was always evolving and I I get it, but just visually, I think he man, they perfected the design first time around. You know, in that Mm. you know, the action figures, the cartoon in the eighties and this. So it's just it was not something that needed to be yeah expanded upon I know what you mean but like you say like you know they've got a new power and yeah but personally I just I didn't like the look so the fact that they ended it with him looking like that I'm happy not seeing that he-man again if I'm honest mm. because it just, I yeah. don't, it's just he's just too busy it's too but I think
1: I know what you mean but I I've got a feeling we will see more of this I thought they did, I thought this is a spoiler, obviously, but they did tease something's going to happen with a possible season three. You know, there's that cut scene at the end with that female of, of race, who is a Hordax race, and she's got him preserved in like a crustaceous tank. And she takes her, reveals her helmet off. She takes her helmet off to reveal that she's obviously one of his order. And she's basically talking about revenge against He-Man and Skeletor.
0: But that's just again evolving, like the story's evolving. I, I do think this is it. Mm. it. it's it's done. I mean, yes, potentially mm. leaving leaving it open, but they've done they've made the show now. It's had two mm. titles and they made it in three parts. So they've, mm. they've done it and obviously mm. Kevin Smith's going to move on to other projects and the okay. guy is, is very busy. But I think this is it. Like it's it's do you think do you think it's definitively the final word done. Absolutely. Yeah, because like I said, you don't always get – it's not the end because He-Man is still out there. He's doing his thing, although looking a little bit differently. But Mm. it is. I think the show has has ended. So on that, if you're going to rate Masters of the Universe Revolution out of five.
1: I'll come in at five. I I really enjoyed it. It was everything I remember about growing up with the toys um, and the cartoon. Condensed and distilled down into five episodes. I enjoyed it more so in the first part of the uh, of the show. Like the first part of the show, um, just felt too a little bit too agenda driven, a little too political for me. And it took away from. There was a couple of nice callbacks and stuff, but it took away from the magic of the show. And I think the writers obviously took note with the displeasure being felt by by long time diehard fans out there. And they really obviously doubled down on their efforts to kind of dig into the nostalgia factor with this with this part of the of the season of the show and uh and, and it worked i mean episode three when they when when they storm the that that fortress he-man's wearing the battle damage armor that, that you could that you get in one of the figurines of him back in the day where the, the breastplate was rot- rotated to show you, you you a bit of damage so if, if he took some damage with an axe he's wearing that and as a callback to the to the toy line and I loved it. It's just a little nods and winks like that. Then you, you got Gwildor as well. That was a beautiful nod and wink to the 87 movie. Like, you know, we've been talking about all this, but everything about it just, just like, it's, it's just nostalgia cranked to the max. And it's, it just really pays a lot of lip service to the original content. So I loved, I loved every moment of it. I lapped it up. So yeah, of course, five out of five for me.
0: Yeah, well said. So and I'm, I'm there with you. Five out of five. I'm glad you mentioned the, Battle armor toy. I had that figure, and yes, seeing that armor in the show was excellent. Yeah, I, I, I loved it as well. Five out of five. Um, there's not too much to criticize or to be negative about, really. It was just a lot mm. of fun. Episode to episode, as you say, no filler. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, they didn't really put a foot wrong.
0: Well, that's it for episode all about Masters of the Universe Revolution. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today.
1: By the power of Grayskull, Luke, I had fun talking about this. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore.
0: <laughs> as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.